back to That's a Chunky. We're talking about the uh, top 10 I Think You Should Leave songs that, that are in your Q zone. We left off at number seven, Palm Tree, guys. Um, and we're going to jump to number six on James's list. Yes. So for my number six, it's it, I, I mean, it's right next to Palm Trees for a reason. It's Moon River Rock. Um, I had I them feel eight, like eight it's, nine. Yeah, it, it, they're kind of inseparable. Honestly, I, I probably could have put these as a single entry instead of Baby of the Year and Little Buff Boys. Like they're they're really basically both doing the same thing of like the perfectly encapsulating like the uh, a particular like conceptual idea of a you know a cheap song that a recording studio is like hooking these guys on singing as if they're you know as if they're stars that's that song um, is rocking baby <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know i i played it for my family and they laughed at me <laughs> your family hates you um the, just the tim line reading of um i gave you ten thousand dollars to make me a star yeah always kills me yeah kill someone's eardrums as well (laughs) honestly though i mean i i really think like moon river rock is like right on the edge of being great i feel like really what it's missing is it just needs uh Jeff Chris to be flown down from Indiana to mix it professionally. <laughs> if you record that song in like 1964, like it gets on the radio. Yeah, it's yeah, it's I mean, it, yeah, it really feels like a yeah, a song that my dad would have showed me when I was a kid to be like, oh, this is a great song. I learned to play this on the guitar, you know. <laughs> like I bet you did. Is that one chord? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's basically all of the same. Uh, it hits a similar kind of notes to palm trees in that it's like encapsulating, you know, just like a a kind of genre of not that good song. And it's a vehicle for Tim sort of uh, like, exp- <laughs> I think just the facial expression that he has when he's like in the recording oh my God. booth and he's like, too tight. you know, stressing out at the end of that sketch is just perfect and the song is a perfect like backdrop for it um would, yeah, would we great. say those those last two are like yacht rock maybe i feel like it's definitely I, yeah like yeah. i feel like the full versions of those two songs would definitely be on like the yacht rock stations yeah yeah i again like we know i, I just think like there's opportunity here of like tim to actually <laughs> record all these songs out and just kind of see what happens um, he actually recorded that song with uh, two open knives in his pockets. <laughs> I just can't get over that line. <laughs> that line is the funniest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. We, we're on right. to your number six. I kind of don't know where things are going. I'm, I'm interested. Actually, wait. I think we're on number five because number six was Moon River Rock, at least what I've Oh, got. yes. Yes. You are right. Yeah. All right. Number five. Yeah, so my number five is a little bit of a deep cut. It is from a deleted scene. Oh, okay. From from the same sketch as the previous <laughs> two. <laughs> so you can tell this is like really right, the meat and potatoes of my this top is ten is 
Q zone. Yeah. Um, this is featuring the deleted scene featuring Ruben Rabasa uh, from the recording studio sketch where he sings Mall Baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I think in the same way that it, it hits the same sweet spot as the other three and but I think I think this one is the top because one Ruben is like such a just funny like character actor and de- a goofy deliverer of lines and then, <laughs> then the the rhyme of mall baby walking in the street with walking right there with her feet. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely destroys me <laughs> destroys me so this but, is clearly based on another song right there's a song it's like walking in the street it's like yeah yeah uh what do uh, a diddy yeah 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 it's like it's uh yeah it's very clearly like <laughs> which makes um, me wonder if the other two melodies are stolen from like some famous old song yeah that's a good question yeah yeah maybe a listener can help us yeah if there's any big yacht rock fans they probably would know do you also know <laughs> who's with ruben in the sketch um oh man i couldn't figure uh, it out yeah he uh, it's been a while since i actually watched the sketch and okay yeah it's a good question well, someone someone will come forward with that. Yeah. I think the other the other part of that that launches it a little bit higher than the others for me is the idea of Mall Baby, like singing about like a, you know, presumably basically a song about a good looking girl at a mall <laughs> is like such a like preteen like concept. And so having this like octogenarian it's, it's amazing is yeah a very although contrast. like what age groups are in the mall teenagers and like the that's true the walking clubs it's kind of like a little like claire's preview almost yeah that's a good yeah. point yeah maybe maybe uh reuben is uh <laughs> walking in the mall with his feet on his way to get um you know uh ear piercing at claire's can we get reuben Rabas in season three? Oh man i hope so He's kind of had like a little bit of a, a you know, a resurgence. He had, he was in that um, the new Father of the Bride movie. Uh, oh man, I gotta check that out. With the I don't way, know if um... you do, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, my my wife was watching it, and I was willing to sit in because of the promise of Ruben Rabasa, but I couldn't make it through it. I had to oh, no. I had to retire to the other room and watch Barry. <sighs> oh I, that's on my it's on my list. I haven't watched it yet. Oh yeah. I'll take this very brief moment aside to give a very strong plug for Barry. I I had read people saying that it was the best show on TV when this newest season came out, so I decided to watch it and I I caught up to the most recent season and I can't say I disagree. It's got a perfect mix of humor that would be highly appreciated by, I think you should leave fans mixed with like a very uh, real drama and like cinematic quality. That's just spectacular. So highly recommend it. 
All right, and I'm going to plug what James and I were talking about before. I had someone lean on me to watch Atlanta, um, and that show is worth like every uh, kudo it gets. the The main four characters of the cast are like really impressive, and then they have all these characters that pop up in one episode. If anyone's ever watched it, there's one where um, Brian Tyree Henry's character Paperboy is trying to get his hair cut. The guy who plays the barber, who's in one episode, kills me. Um, so yeah, I'm giving my my show. I'm currently watching is Atlanta, and I mean everybody loves everybody loves Atlanta, and everyone loves Barry. So they're not really controversial, but like, right, yeah, these are both like yeah, especially I feel like the the audience for I think you should leave is probably like heavy crossover with both of those shows in terms of absolutely. like sensibilities. So yeah, yeah. Like you can laugh at, you can have a comedy show that also has something else to it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. You're not going to be turned off by some plot or soul or whatever. Um, yeah. All right, number four. All right, my number four is uh, is he layeth on high. Um, it's uh, about a big <laughs> big baby duck that gets his head. Caught in the stewed tomato. Uh, so hold on to your hats. <laughs> it's my number 10. Okay. And by the yeah. way, I, I did have Mall Baby unranked. It was just too little. Yeah. But it's it fair. is Ruben Rabasa. Um, can I, I? I have a little treat for you. Okay. Um, so I watch everything with closed captioning on. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's a little selection from He Layeth on High. Rapid jaunty melody playing. Plate breaks. Jaunty melody continues. Um, that's all I wrote, but man, that felt good. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I that's one of the sketches and probably by the same token, one of the songs that I feel like is overlooked a lot or like kind of just shuffled to the back for a lot of people and for me it's like just like a one of those things where it's just perfectly doing exactly the one thing that it's trying to do and so i you know i i think i read somewhere that like um uh roger ebert's like methodology for for um analyzing a film is like first what's the what's the movie trying to do and then mm. second, how well does it do that thing? And and so I feel like He Layeth on High is trying to do one very specific thing and is doing it like perfectly. And yep. so it really, uh, I really like it. I, th- I think also <laughs> besides just, you know, the concept of <laughs> its uh, uh, organist <laughs> playing this completely inappropriate song in at a funeral in a church with like uh interspersed with the the cuts to the crowd like wincing at the sounds and looking bewildered i think the fact the fact that the the um the pastor or i guess he calls him parson uh (laughs) like cuts in and is like telling him to stop and (laughs) new joe turns and says keep going (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and also, like, uh, if you think of all the songs in the history of music featuring a quartet of organ, cymbal, slide whistle, and plates, <laughs> this is probably the most popular one of all time. Yeah, it's got to be the most played for sure. Um, That's what I'm saying. Although I will say, that I, I don't know if you've seen it on, I've seen this a video come across uh, my path on Twitter several times <laughs> of like an actual guy who knows how to play that. Um, oh my I God. Think it's called like a American photo player or something is the name of that like organ with the <laughs> like pulleys and all sorts of sound effects. And, uh, and there's a guy who like actually can play that and it does have all these weird like whistles and, and bells and like pulleys that make crazy sounds and stuff. And he's like playing uh, essentially the same, same genre song as oh, I gotta find the this. ones in that sketch. Um, yeah. I, I mean, seeing that really like changes the, <laughs> the meaning of, of the, that sketch, because it, suddenly you realize that it's like actually a real antiquated, like, I think it was maybe used as like a an organ for like in theaters where there was an organist playing like the soundtrack to a a movie or whatever like right. live, and so I think it was kind of used for that. But uh, um, like silent pictures, yeah. yeah. It, so I think <laughs> watching that that video as sort of like the source concept along with the sketch really like uh, bumps it up there. And yeah, I love it. I I think uh, it's a, a great one. So I, I do want to, before we get into your top four, I, I do want to mention that it's amazing that in this discussion of original music, um, there's a sketch with Herbie Hancock in it that features no music. And yeah. also Game Night, which features all the references to the jazz musicians, also does not feature any music. So Yeah, um, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we are going to get into your top four. I think you and I are going to have, uh, I think I have two, I think we're going to have two matches in the top four. Um, okay. Which seems to be, uh, those will be the grand champions, you know? Yeah. So my, well, I guess he lay up on high was my number four, I think. So my number oh, three. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're going to have two out, two out of the three. I keep forgetting. Oh, man. Yeah, I believe, so my, unless you omitted. Yeah, I don't, I think the, the only ones that were honorable mentions, I can't imagine would have gotten this high in your rankings. Um, So my number three is, I guess the title is, uh, up for debate according to the email the oh. dangerous knife the night is a knife i guess uh the song yeah uh, with... this is my my number two okay and yeah. I, I just have I to mean... ask you before we start does the fact that i like vampire weekend make me a douchebag <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> depends on if you've got a uh a, a vest with like a a long gold oh, no. chain and slick back hair oh, and, no. you know if, if you've got a, a <laughs> white couch white bathing suit um <laughs> and if you're showing up for sloppy steaks at trefani's no um, i do have chicken steak at uh chickalini's though uh, okay that's fair 
Um, <laughs> um, so I, I went back and forth a lot with my top of my list. And I was just, I think I read this in the YouTube comments prior to like when it got to it in the song. But anyway, one, one, I think this song is just like legitimately good. Uh-huh. And I'm also going to throw out that um, there's a Vampire Weekend song where they essentially do nothing but feature like three of the best underground, semi underground indie rappers, uh, Heems from Das Races, Despot, and Danny Brown. It's called Step to My Girl. It's one of the best rap songs ever. Um, All right. But anyway, um, I think this song is legitimately good. And I was like trying to figure out how high I would put it. And someone in you, the YouTube comments mentioned that there's a point at which the baby from the sketch cries and they put like <laughs> reverb effects on it. Like it's part of the song. And it, it's clear. It was clearly something that was done by somebody who is really funny, whoever it was, and probably thought like nobody would notice but little did they yeah. know there was a podcast called That's a Chunky that analyzes <laughs> I Think You Should Leave. Yeah. And that just made me push it all the way up to two. Oh, man. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think, I mean, this is one where, honestly, like, the song on its own is, it's the one that is the most, like, radio-ready as it is right now. Um, like, you could, I feel like there's, there's definitely, I've seen demand from fans of the show for basically just like getting a Spotify version of this song that they could listen to. And I think like, you know, people would would enjoy it. So I think like on its own, that aspect of it is is like putting it in a different uh, realm. I think also like the song and its place in the sketch is uh like it holds a special spot in my heart because i think like that whole sequence of the dangerous knights crew going to trefani's and like the sort of like wistful idea <laughs> of like being pieces of shit with your like friends in a way that like no one but you in that moment appreciates and to all the rest of the world you like are uh, this like douchebag that is annoying and and everyone's laughing at but like to you it feels like uh you know one of those memorable moments that you're gonna think about fondly like years later when you only used to be a piece of shit yeah and so i think there's like an element of almost like yeah there's there's the the comedy that's overlaid behind the song with the sloppy stakes, but then the song really plays into the wistfulness of like Shane, Tim's character remembering like his time when he used to be a piece of shit and he went out with his dangerous nights crew. And I I feel like it just like everything works in a way that, you know, if you catch me at like on a, a night when I'm like, you know, trying to fall asleep, but instead I'm scrolling my phone and I end up watching that clip on like a, you know, late on a Friday night. Like, you know, I might get a little bit misty eyed thinking about like <laughs> my my dangerous night screw days. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's up there. Especially because, I mean, 
think Tim's roughly in our age bracket. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you're just, you change a lot from 25 to 40. It's kind of a, it's, yeah, no, I'm with you. It's like as much, Tim does that a lot where he has the sketches that are hilarious, but also like deeply meaningful. Um, yeah. And it's like hard to, it takes you a few watches to be like, oh, wait, this is actually kind of deep. Um, yeah. But yeah, I do, I do want to get into, um, I read this from on, on YouTube and uh, it was sent in the email we, we read at the top. But it says, uh, great name. God, I hope this guy isn't from Massachusetts like me. Uh, Donnie the Dealer with an H at the end. A-H at the end. I, but he's he's very on point. I spent quite a long time trying to figure out what the lyrics are and would pr- appreciate some help. And I think he's right. And I never would have even... I would have just assumed it was Dangerous Knight in the lyrics, but said it's a dangerous knife. The night is a knife. It's the light of my life. So the the life would suggest that if you're really rhyming, knife might be uh, right. Yeah. I want yeah. a dangerous knife. Um, and then the verse is kind of like mostly uh, unintelligible, except for like, yeah. she want the bedroom, makeup on my floor, your face in the mirror. It's a dangerous knife. Um, yeah, I think it is knife. I mean, it's yeah, both. I, the knight is yeah, a knife. I, would, I feel like at least one point it's got to be knight instead of knife. But yeah, I think even that, that article that sort of like reveals and talks about it being uh, Ezra Koenig is, I think it gives the name as dangerous knife the night is a knife and so i feel like that's got to be like the main lyrics but I, i'm sure there's like a you know maybe the the last line of i want a dangerous knife could be i want a dangerous knight or something but i feel like the uh yeah adding the knife instead of knight really like uh i don't know if it makes it deeper or if it makes it something that is like accurately making fun of something that's trying to be deeper. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's Um, a good question. I do think it kind of, um, like I used to come from the school where like if night and knife, it was a little too close, it felt lazy. But now as I get older, I'm like, no, that's actually like the highest form of analogy. Like <laughs> the fact that you can find words that are close to each other and also like fit the analogy. That's kind of good. So, um, so I will say the the thing that 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 the night is a knife like oh, or like interchanging knife with night immediately makes me think of, and it's probably just like because of exactly the person I was when this song came out and was popular is do you remember that i guess it's i think it's um fallout boy song <laughs> sugar we're going down is that what it's called <sighs> i'm uh, Where... a little blind in some genres <laughs> so that there's a line in that song where he says it sounds like he's saying a loaded gun complex but apparently the lyrics were a loaded God complex. Mm. And like, to me, that's like, now it's like extremely cringy and like, is like (laughs) trying really hard to be something deep and like, you know, whatever, like 
like a emo teenager thinking that they're really meaningful, but it really, um, I think is like, a trying too hard to be deep thing that kind of makes is what the, the night is a knife makes me think of, uh, it, or at least that that song's kind of like trying to tap into that same level of like overly try hard deepness. Uh, but I, there, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's in the same realm. There's a decent chance Ezra Koenig wrote this in like 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. um, like I've, so I've, I formerly worked in the music industry. Um, it, it would be amazing to watch like many artists to make a song for their album would spend an, a ton of time. Right. But if you were, if you like one time we, uh, I, I like paid this artist to make a promo for my radio show. And um, I think I paid him like 200 bucks. Basically he had been in like legal trouble. He needed some bail money, I think. Um, uh-huh. And what he gave us was pretty good. And I asked someone, I think who was there for the recording, like how long did it take to make that song? He was like, Oh, one take. It was like, <laughs> it was like, it took him like 10 minutes. And um, oh, it wasn't it wasn't bad. Like it's honestly better than some of the like official stuff he's put out. Um, yes, yeah, some of these musicians can do it um, really quickly. And I'm sure, yeah. considering the success of Vampire Weekend, Ezra Koenig might have uh, that yeah. might have been like a Friday night uh, from like ten to ten fifteen. Yeah, I will say. So one other final note about that is you mentioned the. Um, captions for he layeth on high (laughs) there's a the point where right after they slop the stakes it goes into just sort of like unintelligible sound uh in the song that Ezra Koenig is singing and the captions are just singer vocalizes (laughs) I like that that's very it's very creative um it's one of those like non-insults you know like yeah you don't want to say like I can't understand this dude, it's right? The closed captioning person was at home making like eighteen bucks an hour and was like singer <laughs> vocal. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Shall we move to my number two? I'm ready. All right. So this is another one that is uh, from the characters. And this... okay, before you get into it, I'm I'm gonna say. <laughs> I, I know what it is already, but I rated this number five, but okay. I I watched it on my phone while my children were asleep in my car and I screenshotted every lyric and, and I kind of, <laughs> I kind of thought I should put this higher. So like now um, I'm a little curious, but, but we can really break. I, I have a lot of material on this, but, but tell us what your number two is. Okay, yeah, so it's, I guess I don't even know the technical name of it, but I just have it as you Jeff. That's what I have it as. <laughs> yeah, um, um, it's, I think, I mean, this is, so I I have not watched the characters nearly as much as I've watched the rest of the show, but, and so this is one of those ones where it still is fresh to me when I watch it, but I when I watched it earlier today, just to sort of like give a, you know, complete um, refresher (laughs) on everything. It had me just like in stitches and it, (laughs) the conceit of it is perfect. The execution is perfect. The, the visuals along with 
like the song are incredible. It scratches the itch that um, some of my favorite sketches do where the the uh, audio is a person talking or singing and then you see the video is another person that's like mouthing the words that are being spoken as the voiceover. Like uh, there's yeah. just so many aspects of it that like the trial. Uh, are like perfectly scratching my itch. Yeah, like the trial, like the turbo team. Um, I need to interject great. for a second. This sketch, the per- the singer of the sketch, Jeff's father-in-law, is an yeah. insane person. Like <laughs> <Yes>. literal <laughs> insane person. So yes. this person is basically... This this song is like a Rorschach. It's like all the stuff he's into because he's singing this song about his newborn child who has not experienced any of this stuff um, yeah. and will probably won't. Uh, and, it, and it also, and clearly he's in love with Jeff. Um, it yeah. also features the craziest shit of, I think he has some moment where he says like, he kisses you so damn hard. And at that yeah. moment, it cuts to the actual baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's actually it's, the baby throughout are just like perfectly timed. I think that they're so good. This just song, to remind you of the context of what he's singing. This song is like by far the longest song Tim Robinson has written lyrically. Uh, as you lay your head down to fall asleep, I sit and think about your life. I hope you have some best friends. That's LOL. And a perfect house. You'll make a beautiful wife. When you are four years old, I'm sure you'll fall and hurt yourself on a bike. That's just insanity. But your dad will be there to pick you up, holding tears back with all my might. That's what he's actually saying. And as you grow and grow and have your first prom, you walk on down those stairs and see your dad and the pride in my eyes. And you will know how much I care. When you go off to college, I will miss you so much. I won't know what to do. When you get home and you get your dream job, I will be so goddamn proud of you. You'll meet the man of your dreams. He'll be handsome and strong. And he'll sweep you off your feet. His name will be Jeff. He'll have a good job, and your life will be so complete. Jeff rides a motorcycle. He takes you for rides, and he helps you me around the house. <laughs> and he even shops for you. We'll give you tons of gifts. He'll buy you your favorite blouse. I love that. Jeff is so freaking cool, and he's so freaking tough. He's funny as goddamn hell. He cracks me up just the way he says stuff. Freaking Jeff, funny as hell. You're at the bar. A man says something to you, and Jeff knocks him out with just one punch. He stands over the body and stares down at him, and he says, I guess he wanted a knuckle sandwich for lunch. I crack up. I say, Jeff, how would you think of that right off the top of your head? So he's talking about how clever someone is in the moment in an event that hasn't happened yet. Well, Jeff just smiles, and he winks at me and kisses my daughter. So damn hard. So damn hard. I'm sitting at home all alone, and Jeff pulls up. He wants to take you on a ride on his bike. I answer the door and tell Jeff you're not at home. You're working late tonight. And Jeff lowers his head, and he looks real sad, and I swear that he might cry. I say, hey there, Jeff. Don't be sad. I will go with you on that ride. With the wind in our hair as we ride down the street, I hold on to his waist so tight. Well, the bike and the wind and the rubber of the road 
Jeff and I are going fast as light. Uh, anyway, I guess I'll leave the last verse or so. I definitely think oh, he man. was trying to do something there with, um, like, uh, I don't know. Is he poking some fun at, like, guys who are, like, so macho? There's a little homoeroticism going on, too. Yeah. I mean, I it's, feel not, like it's not even veiled in this song. Yeah, there's definitely an aspect of that. But it's, like, in a, almost in the same way that, like, there are other sketches where it's sort of like a person who is uh, truly endearingly like thinks that this thing is actually cool. It's like the dad is like he's yeah. a dork, but yes. he thinks the idea of like a tough guy in a leather jacket yes. who rides a motorcycle is like the best thing. And so the way that he can manifest that is by like <laughs> inventing this like future man for his baby to fall in love with someday and for him to be best friends with and yeah it's it's amazing uh, it's and amazing. The, the best part is that you have to remember jeff does not exist <laughs> yeah, it's completely fabricated <laughs> it's like these people there are a lot of people in the world who have this like uh it's very it's kind of like maybe like michael scottish these like people who have like ideals of what relationships are like um but that's not what relationships are like and you just gotta kind of like enjoy every relationship for what it is you know like um with these people who have these like insane dreams it's it's really funny and um yeah i, I when you like when you told me this ranking um i definitely thought about putting it way higher um, <laughs> yeah, and it's... I think, yeah, it's, it's one, I feel like it is, it's, um, it's like very approachably funny and it reminds me a little bit of, I guess there's probably a little bit of interplay or like interrelation here with, um, reminds me a lot of like Lonely Island songs. Yeah. In, they, they tend to have this same sort of like, starting off in like a fairly straightforward like style of song that's like earnestly doing its thing maybe like a little bit lampooning a style of song but then there's like we like sports yeah exactly (laughs) and but then it like takes a little twist and it the song goes off the rails but then the song goes off the rails like to like two or three more degrees than it originally was and uh I think it, yeah, yeah, throw it (laughs) on the ground. There's, I think there, I don't know if it was a Lonely Island song or like a digital short or something, but like, I think it was like Roy Rules. I don't know if you've heard that one. I don't know if I've seen that one. And I'm a fan. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a similar idea where Andy Samberg is singing about like his, I think it's like his brother-in-law Roy who's like he thinks is really cool but then it kind of veers in the same like weird like sort of awkward one-sided homoeroticism veiled as just like bromance but it's it's very similar ideas to the way this one goes and I don't know I I think the song is funny the sketch is great it's it's a all-time classic all right I, I think we have the same number one which is kind of amazing yeah, this one was an easy number one for me, I think. 
Do you want to tell the listeners what it is? Yeah, it's uh, the day Robert Palin's murdered me, parentheses, the night that the skeletons came to life. Yeah, so, Um, so I think when we talk about that whole, I think you should leave Alpha. I think this was the thing that, along with the whole baby of the year sketch, this sketch had me coming back the most, especially at the beginning. Yeah. I was immediately like, holy shit, this is yeah. the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah. And it just, it's another thing where the casting, I believe the other actor is named Reese Coro. Um, yeah. He's just phenomenal in it. Tim is phenomenal in it. Tim dials up his goofy. Um, here's a little trivia. I, I know you're a math guy like me. Yeah. The listeners don't know this, but I. <laughs> this is not exact. I was doing it really quickly by hand. But if you had to guess the percentages each singer sang by words, what would you what would you think they were? Oh man, I guess. I guess I, I would think probably Tim was like a little more than half of wow. the song. It's good. Yeah, I think I think roughly Tim was around fifty nine percent to reset nice. forty one. Um, yeah, so you kind of <laughs> nailed that. Um, mostly because Tim's a lot of Tim's sentences were more words than it should have been. Yeah, um, Reese was like almost right around like five or six words per line. Um, yeah it's just really funny too because the the premise to uh the day robert palin's murdered me is very clever um i i don't know if it's been done as a song maybe it has um but it's like a really great premise to a song it's like set up in a very clever way and then yeah uh tim's is like sounds like blippy wrote it or something um, <laughs> yeah, it is um, not so clever. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I would say so. I I said that the the dangerous night was maybe the most like uh, radio ready song, but honestly, like if you were to just take the like the Robert Palin's part of 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 this song <laughs> and actually like build a song out of it like that's one that i feel like is like a a legitimately like clever catchy like song that would maybe you know i don't know i'm not really in the country scene but like (laughs) i feel like it would be like a well-received you know folk kind of or country song from yesteryear it's very much, I mean, I guess the whole concept of the sketch is, is kind of like the, um, uh, you know, Johnny Cash, like, yeah. uh, scene or whatever. So it's, they I did think a it's good literally job. Folsom Street Blues. I think it's literally the melody, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, like Folsom, I mean, whatever it is. Folsom, Folsom <laughs> Prison. Prison Blues or something. Blues? Yeah. Yeah. I'm an ignorant. <laughs> but yeah, I mean they did a good job of making a carbon copy of that, that type of like song, but in the sense of it's not even so much making fun of that kind of song. It's just like, it is a a good stand in for like a song like that. And so it makes it all that much more like amazing when Tim 
jumps in with his completely off the rails version of the song. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much we can even say that hasn't been said a million times. It's just like, I'm in the same boat as you. This was the sketch that kept me coming back. It kept me showing it to other people. It kept other people quoting it to me like immediately from the jump was the song that had me like rolling on the floor, like crying, laughing. And it still does when I watch it in the right frame, the time frame and, and like with the right people, I, I, my stomach hurts from laughing. It's just so good. The, the wrapping up is really good too, of the like, uh, wait, your name's Billy too. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, Cause like yeah. if, if you stopped it right at the end of the song, it would be a great sketch itself, but they just, they find a good way to, um, to tie yeah. it in. Yeah. Yeah. It's just an amazing sketch. I think, uh, aggregate wise, um, what's funny is you and I were like up and down a lot on our list, but I think our, a tied for fifth, we'd have baby of the year and, uh, um, Fred, Fred Willard sketch. Yeah, layeth on high. Uh, our fourth would be Friday night. If we included Jared, that would probably shoot up the list a little bit. Uh, yeah. Third is Jeff. Uh, second is uh, Dangerous Knife, unintelligible by me. Uh, <laughs> and number one, uh, Day Robert Palin's murdered me. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, lots of great music on the show. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to sneak this in in the last minute. Um, I I don't know what to do with this. I don't want to have a cash grab, you know. Um, but if anybody wants to support the podcast, we're gonna have a link in the notes. It can be uh, I don't know how low you can go. I don't know how long our how low our platform will allow. I don't care. I don't I don't really need. Uh, I'm not begging for money, but if people want to support the show, they can. I do think um, this month, any I might do like a raffle of the supporters and pick a name, and they can co-host uh, an episode oh, with us. Um, I love it. I think that could be kind of fun. I just everyone I interact in the I think you should leave community um, kind of makes my day, so it might be fun to uh, get some new blood in here. Yeah. Love it. Parting words, James. Uh, I will just give the names of my honorable mentions. Oh, yes. Nice. The, the Blues Brothers song that plays while he dances. Yes. The very clip of Sippin' Mai Tais at Rochambeau, Rochambeau by Rochambeau the World is, Review Band. Is Rochambeau rock, paper, scissors? I think so. I think so, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what I, the context of that is, is wild right at the beginning of the Little Buff Boys. And then two songs in the credits from season two. One is sung by Connor O'Malley about uh, L.A. And then one oh. is, I have no idea what the context is, but Tim is singing and it's like, the time is now. And both of those are uh, sort of non sequiturs and who knows where what the deal is, but they're funny too. Thank you, James. You're the best. All right. Thanks, Kev. Signing out. That's a Chunky has always been supported by the Etsy shop of Swayzine, S-W-A-Y-Z-I-N-E. In the past, you've seen his amazing motivational posters, his um, at the Nighthawks 
Diner featuring characters from I Think You Should Leave. Uh, you also know his vintage jazz posters of Paul Bufano, Marcus the Worm Hicks, and Mookie Kramer. Um, Swayzine has a ton of new items in his shop we wanted to let you guys know about. Um, those three jazz posters have been turned into uh, attractive t-shirts. The Marcus Hicks in blue, the Mookie Kramer in green, Paul Bufano in white. He has a uh, very affordable uh, Bozo the Clown Clown Pewter sticker that you can put on your computer. Um, there is a Baby of the Year bib and onesie. Uh, he has Angels and Archways t-shirts, um, as well as uh, two new posters, one featuring Dangerous Nights, um, which is being framed and put on my wall, and an amazing portrait of uh, Brian from the uh, hat sketch, the insider trading sketch. Um, but the whole point of me re-recording this ad was to tell you about maybe the most innovative, I think you should leave product I've seen in my time doing this podcast, which is actual Dan Flash's shirts. So this isn't like a t-shirt that says Dan Flash on the front. This is a short or uh, short sleeve polo or a long sleeve uh, collared shirt that has the pattern Tim Robinson is wearing in the Dan Flash's sketch, uh, affordably priced at $30. I know when I went um, to the Dan Flash's stores at the Creeks, I spent $800 out, out the door and um, didn't eat for a long time. Uh, saving my per diem. Um, but if you go to etsy.com slash shop slash Swayzine, again, Swayzine is S-W-A-Y-Z-I-N-E. Um, you can own these shirts yourself. Um, and we want to thank uh, Reggie from Swayzine for his support of That's a Chunky. Mm -hmm. 